Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Notes to My Legal Self. I'm Olga Mack. I'm your host. This is a place where we talk about everything that matters to in-house professionals. And it turns out that what matters to in-house professionals is, yes, substantive laws, and yes, career, and yes, a whole bunch of other stuff uh, from personal to all kinds of other things. Why? Because in-house professionals are humans first and humans have diverse interests. And this is a space where we learn together, model different paths, and overall find ourselves in a patchwork of all kinds of possibilities. Today, I have a fantastic guest. I've known her for a very, very long time. Uh, she has a fascinating career and a very interesting view on life and a theory about what it means to be a generalist in-house. Uh, before we begin, I'm going to ask for two things. One, ask questions, participate, say hello. I find that people who are part of the conversation who ask questions get a whole lot more out of the conversation. And two, if you have a nomination from somebody who is an in-house legal professional that can help us see the world differently, learn something new, or somehow be a better in-house practitioner, let me know. I would love to have that person join for conversation so we can learn together. Without further ado, Logan, welcome to the show. I'm Thank so you. glad I have a show. This way I can catch up with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's been too long. Welcome. Yeah. Please introduce yourself. Thanks. Hi. Yeah, I'm Logan Maley. I am currently VP Associate General Counsel at uh, Procore Technologies. We're a, a construction technology company, um, and it's a it's a it's been a crazy ride. I've been there six and a half years, so seen a lot of, of growth and change in that role. It's it's a very successful, very interesting uh, technology, and you've been there from almost the beginning. Uh, yeah. So you have seen all of it. How did you get to this opportunity? What was the scenic ride? You know, what were you doing before? How sure. did you get that job? Well, I think it's, um, as always, it's a little luck and timing. It's tough to, to make your way in-house. I have a mixed background. I litigated at Skadden. I switched practice areas and changed firms. And so I got a little experience doing corporate transactional um you know, from M&A IPOs to really early stage startup founder issues and um, like venture financing. So great kind of mixed background to go into into in-house. Um, and then again, luck and timing. I made my way in-house because I the, the former CFO at the time who was looking for a lawyer, wasn't 100% sure what they needed, happened to have worked with my husband eons ago, and they ran into each other at doggy daycare. So there you have it. <laughs> I love that story. You know, there's a lot of stories like that. So, uh, you know, just when you wonder where the opportunities could come from, they could come from, well, anywhere, um, including including your, 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 your spouses and partners. Um, that is such a cool story. Thank you for sharing. Um, you have a very interesting theory about, you know, giving away Legos. Uh, let's yeah. talk about it. What is it? Yeah. So I read this article, gosh, maybe like a, a couple of years ago years ago and it molly graham she's a tech exec google facebook you know really um really uh, storied you know wonderful career for her and she wrote this article that just totally grabbed me and the, the basic premise is you know 
as a tech company is scaling, as a company is scaling, there's a lot of Legos to build with. Everybody's got a ton of Legos. And then you get to a point where you kind of have too many Legos to handle. You hire people. Um, but that means kind of giving away your job. And people's first instinct is to grab them back. They get anxious. They're like, well, if I give away my job, will there be a job for me? Um, you know, they try and micromanage the way that the, you know, tower is being built with the Legos. But um, Molly Graham's kind of philosophy, which really resonated with me, is really the best way to manage scaling is to kind of ignore your instincts to grab your Legos back and give those Legos away and then go find bigger and better Lego towers to build. Um, and I, I just loved that. It's a it's a kind of like leap of faith type approach to scaling, but it's resonated for me because I've seen the company scale from 400 employees to private U.S. only to 3,500 global public companies. So I've given away my Legos a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> so practically speaking, what, is, what does it mean? Um, and like give, give some examples. Like when, when did you give Legos away? And what exactly did you give? And under what circumstances? And how comfortable you felt? And what was the anticipation after? Sorry, totally. that was more so, than one question, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I, can, I think I can tackle it. Um, so I'll give you the most recent and salient example. Um, I took my second maternity leave at the company um, from about January, end of January of 2021 until about June of 2021. During that time, we finally IPO'd. So we went public in May and um, there was a lot of, already a lot of change there. We'd hired a bunch of leaders. I used to support employment and corporate and all this other stuff. And we'd hired really wonderful and phenomenal subject matter experts at the point in time we needed to, to scale those functions and go deep and really do the things that they do. And, you know, I was, there was, we weren't sure my boss and I, what, you know, what was left for me to go and tackle, um, still plenty of work to do, but, you know, big substantive areas. And so I was anxious. I was on maternity leave. I'd given away most of my job to, you know, other folks we'd hired. And then lo and behold, the company decides to start to pursue this next moonshot businesses, right? Our like for us, we're going into fintech and leveraging our position with construction, our data on construction to um, make some big bets in a fintech space. And so there you have it. Now that's what I'm supporting, amongst other things as well. But um, yeah, it was there was a there was a lot of anxiety and fear around it. But I had a great boss who was committed to finding me something to do and, and um, deploy my talents elsewhere. And then, you know, like all high growth tech companies, we were looking for the next best thing and I was ready there to take the business there. Oh, I love it. It's like, I want something new in construction there. You have FinTech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is so cool. Um, so what is the generalist in, in say the context, in this context or, you know, some other context, like what does that actually mean to you? Yeah. And I, I don't think a generalist is necessarily the opposite of a specialist, right? Because they're, you know, subject matter experts have, you know, especially in-house, we're all a little bit of generalists, right? Um, but really a generalist is a lawyer who doesn't specialize, who doesn't just work in one practice area, Jane of all trades, um, somebody who, um, Less than is capable of doing it all, because I can tell you I've got subject matter experts on my team, on my legal leadership team, who are capable of doing anything and everything. They're wonderful, brilliant, nimble attorneys. It's less capable of doing everything and more wants to do everything. Kind of like the <laughs> ADD lawyer. <laughs> I love it. Um, 
I love the, def the negative definition, but it, it, it is what it's not. Um, yeah. So there, there you have it. It's a, it's a really good definition. <laughs> it, it's like it's a, a, you know it when you see it thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like good enough to be in Black's Law Dictionary completely, absolutely. Um, but no, it's it's really helpful. It, it is, it, that's why I mean, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it is a hard thing to define and, and, it, and, and it is a little contextual. And, and then yes, there's, you, you know when you see it. Um, so, let me give you another hard term because you know defining journalists was not hard enough how how about what do you mean by team of journalists yeah yeah um well this is this is me now kind of advocating for my uh for my my future uh <laughs> job security and uh and plans but no it's it's uh it's kind of the idea that there's always going to be the next tower of legos for a high growth tech company that is hungry to innovate, right? Which is where I am. That's how Procore is. Um, and so once a company is at scale, a legal team's ability to deploy a team of lawyers to support these new moonshot businesses quickly and easily kind of needs someone on deck to do that. And so there you have it. You have your team of generalists. You have, you know, at least a few people in, that you can, that you can put on those businesses quickly and nimbly until they grow, until they hit scale, until you determine what kind of specialists you might need to support them. So you see a trend, you know, when company scales, you kind of, there is a uh, inverse relationship between scaling and specialization, right? The more you scale, the well, I guess it's direct, uh, the more you specialize. Um, why? Like, why, why not have yeah. a scale company full of journalists? Yeah, um, we wouldn't be very good at it. You know, I was <laughs> I was pretty, I was, I like to describe myself as being a mile wide and an inch deep, you know, prior to this. And once we get to a certain level, you know, you really do need somebody who has deep expertise to support, you know, for example, a global talent organization, you know, the people HR needs, right? You need somebody who knows how to do that up, down, and throughout. And so um, the departments themselves scale to a point where they need a full-time kind of specialist to serve their needs. So that's why it happens. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. And it's, you know, a lot of in-house legal teams like my own, we take a business partner approach. So, you know, you are, you are embedded with the org you serve. Ergo, as the org scale and that body of work gets bigger, you have specialists. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's a few folks here who love this conversation. Melody had a question about um, how do you stay generalist? And then you have a few folks saying hello. Uh, but um, those are good questions. Uh, thank you folks for asking questions. That is a really good question. I'm gonna ask your question. So to encourage you to ask more questions, you know, it makes sense to specialize you know, if you're running, a, if you're general counsel and you're scaling, it makes sense to put people who know what they're doing in like really deep way to really make sure that the job is done well and all of that. However, as a lawyer who likes to be state generalist, because there's all kinds of reasons to be mile wide and inch deep, um, including personal choices and, you know, your own interest to learn more and be agile. Um, how do you build a career of mile long and inch dip? And what yeah. are the benefits of doing that? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny is I used to, so I was mile long and inch deep when the company was smaller and I covered all those areas. Now my role is sort of 
you know, mile deep for little stints, right? Like, and, and who knows what the future brings, right? I have no idea, but I've taken, I've taken on kind of little tours of duty, helping build different functions. And that's really fun. Um, so one thing is your leaders, right? You've got to have a legal leader who values that. What I think is interesting and um, is that a lot of GCs are generalists. You kind of have to be, you have to understand this stuff to lead a legal department. And then what ends up happening is you've got all these specialists and the folks who otherwise could probably be on a general counsel path. Um, there isn't a place for them as the company scales. And so one thing I'll, I will give big props to my boss for, his name's Ben Singer. He's wonderful. He's, um, he gets that. He's like, I, you know, I, I, I want you here. Let's figure out a place that is exciting and interesting for you. And so it was always just a conversation with us about um, finding a place for me to do a fun job and learn different things and hop around. So that was what was interesting to me. But, you know, I think it's hard without the support of your boss, for sure. Um, but you'll, you will never know unless you ask. Have those conversations. Yeah, I like it how you describe like tours of duties. And even I would say in this company that is already pretty scaled or really scaled, um, I think that there is there is a benefit of having generalists because even if it is highly skilled and at all, there's still going to be new things that you don't have a specialist for or a specialist may be uncomfortable for whatever reason and may have a good partner who is generalist. Um, I'm curious, uh, how, what are your views? You know, in a highly scaled company, what is the sort of a business case for having generalists? Yeah. Um, it's a couple things, you know, one is, and this is, this is my own, you know, perspective on this, having gone through again, a lot of, you know, I've probably had six, seven different jobs, at the same company and seen this company really scale is, um, it's a great way to keep lawyers or generalists who grow up with the company um, from leaving to go chase a smaller company GC gig and being able to, you know, kind of really stay engaged and you keep their institutional knowledge and you keep their relationships they have with the business people. Because oftentimes the people who go and start building these new moonshot businesses are also people who've been around at the company a long time, who know the industry you're serving you know, the customers. And so it's a, it's a really nice symbiotic thing. I'm working with folks on our new businesses who I've been working with for years and years who also remember, you know, a small company. Um, so it's a, that's a value. Um, but again, it's, it's, um, it's nimble. It's the, it's the business's ability to be nimble, you know, just like early stage companies kind of need a generalist attorney to do everything mile wide inch deep. So do the new businesses, right? Um, and you don't have a clear picture of the specialist you need. So the, without someone to deploy there to help kind of grow those businesses and flesh it out, you might end up taking a bet on a specialist that isn't the right fit for those new businesses. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and that leads us to a logical discussion. How do you think generalists, you know, can, you know, be harmful, I guess? Um, and what do you do to protect the business from that? Totally. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, uh, not having a balance on a legal team is where that this doesn't work. I don't, I would never advocate, I think, for a company at scale to have 
a team of generalists and only a team of generalists. Um, one of the things that I love about what I'm doing right now, as opposed to when I was doing this for this, the whole company was at small scale, was that I'm taking these new businesses now, but then I get to pull in my subject matter experts and the value and the, the level of service I'm able to bring to these new fintech businesses is incredible because I have this like bench of experts in product and technology and patents and trademarks and, and litigation and ethics and compliance and you name it, right? And and global, we have an amazing global data privacy team. Um so it's it's um it's that it's that balance, right? It's leveraging some of the stuff you get at scale in order to benefit your little team of generalists and the business. Ah, no, that makes sense. Um, I have a few more questions. I do want to talk a little bit more about Legos. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Legos. <laughs> so if you give your Legos away, like, how do you, like, you, you may even know that you still have other jobs, but how do you control your thinking? You know, like, so managing yourself sometimes is the thing. Um, how do you make sure that you, you, you're not worried? How do you go through that transition? Transitions are hard. Uh, how do you make sure that actually give it away, you replace it with something else and you're excited about? <laughs> you know, I can only speak to my experience. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, and I, you know, I could only speak to my experience actually before I met, read Molly Graham's article. After reading that, it gave me a lot of faith that, oh, this is probably how it is at most, you know, exciting growth, you know, focused tech companies. There's always another pile of Legos. There is, there's always another pile of Legos. Um, for somebody who's good and hungry and wants to be there, if you have taken your job or your department or your business, whatever it is, to a certain point of scale where you need to hire others to kind of, you know, take on some of what you've done or, you know, run it once you've built it, there's always another pile of Legos to go pick up. And maybe it's not at the same company. Maybe what it does is it gives you, you know, you look up and you go, okay, I'm kind of maxed out here. It's time to go find a pile of Legos elsewhere. But um, yeah, I think you got to play through the discomfort a little bit. I did. I was, like I said, I was on maternity leave when this was happening for me. And so it was, of course, fear and anxiety, but um, being on the other side of it, I'm so glad I gave away the Legos. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's that's really interesting. I don't thank you for acknowledging that the, the fear is real. Um, you know, people kind of listening to that would say, this is a great practice to become a GC, but not everyone wants to be a GC. As folks define success differently. How do you stay a journalist yet make different choices than becoming a general yeah. counsel? Yeah, and look, I still feel like I'm... Uh... I'm on the journey. I'm still on the road, right? So I don't have the, I don't know where I'm going to end up and what I'm going to end up doing. You could talk to me in a few years and I could be a, you know, diehard fintech specialist and loving when I'm, yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> diehard die specialist. <laughs> fintech, okay, yeah, let, let's test you know, this theory. I'll be back to test that theory. You yes. got it, Logan. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just haven't found the specialization that like, I don't know that I want to dive into. I don't think so. I get bored very easily, so who knows? Um, but I think, I think that it is exactly what we've been talking about it is trusting that if you've got good, smart people who want to be there and work on the business, you can find places to deploy them, to keep them interested. And, um, maybe they're not interested in actually the whole 
kind of departmental people leadership side of being a GC, but that doesn't mean there isn't still exciting possibilities and roles for them. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, you know, I Claire said a lot of great things. I'm going to just put it on the screen uh, to thank her for for that great observation. And I, I know people will benefit from it. She she found you sort of very relatable, though she's been in many more companies and is through a longer career. So we know Logan, you're not alone. Uh, there there uh, there is a really great task for for you there. Um, because other folks, this is a resonating story. I'm going to ask last question, um, and maybe that could be sort of part of your goodbye. Um, you know, how do you make sure you stay engaged? What has kept you engaged? Um, you know, what is one thing that people should take away from this conversation um, to to be on the happy path of a generalist? Yeah, I think there's a couple different questions there. So I think there is what's kept me engaged, and then there is what's one thing to take away. Um, so I'll answer the first one first. What's kept me engaged is, is a couple of different things, right? We've talked a lot about the substantive side of my job. I've been able to just go and pick up a lot of different piles of Legos. Let's use the same metaphor, right? Piles of Legos and build different things and do different things. So substantively, it's been a blast. And I've got to, you know, deal with different, you know, points in the company scale and private to public and IPO for all of that, right? So substantively, it's like, really on all fours. But at the end of the day, what's kept me engaged and kept me at the company is the people, the culture, the fact that I've been able to take two maternity leaves and do that gracefully and with understanding and vulnerability. Um, and that as my department has grown, because now there's a lot more lawyers than the two that were there when I started, me and someone else. Um, I like them as people. I love my colleagues. That's what keeps me engaged. I like getting on the Zoom calls with them and the occasional in-person. That's really it. So that, that's, I guess, the answer to the first question. <laughs> I mean, it really does help to like people you work with. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's that's table stakes, right? Like without that, I don't care what else. The substantive stuff is happening. I'm going to be miserable. I like, you know, I got to have fun. I like the people. I have to like the people I'm working with. So the other is what, what to take away. And that's... um sort of, I don't know, I think lawyers and in-house in -house lawyers tend to um, sometimes feel limited in their, you know, ability to be creative and um, don't. <laughs> be creative. Be part of the business. Embed. Ask your, you know, sit down with your legal leader and talk about ways in which you can forge a path that isn't, you know, what you think of as the standard way to go. And chances are that will benefit really you, of course, because you'll stay engaged in like your job, but also the company. Um, so I think, yeah, just don't, don't be, don't be, don't accept um, that there's only sort of one clear path for you as a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This was very enlightening. Uh, it is a very unusual and very valuable conversation. I am sure folks will, who listen and will continue listening to it have found it very insightful and will find, continue finding it insightful. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, listeners, thank you for being active. Thank you for sharing advice, for asking questions. I, I love seeing that because I know you got a lot out of this conversation. That was a really special conversation. 
Um, and I personally got a lot out of it. I really got me thinking what it means to be a journalist, what it means to stay a journalist, and what career paths you have as journalists. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. As always, if you know someone like Logan, who is in-house legal professional, who's doing wonderful things, uh, had had interesting experiences, has lessons to share, tell me who those people are. I would love, would love to have them join on the show and make sure that we can all learn from them. Uh, with that in mind, thank you so much and have a great day. Bye, everyone.